listener production. Bring in the drip, the pee, and the love. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, had a bit of a sliding doors moment this week, Matt O'Kine, mm-hmm. when I saw uh, Dan Tian, a member for Wannan, the gentleman who beat me uh, to be the federal member for the Southwest Victorian seat, uh, was on Q&A. Um, and he's taken Could have been stance. you. Could have been could me have, sitting there. Could have been you. Chatting to Noel Pearson about The Voice. Uh, Dan had a few issues uh, with what he, he described as a bit of uncertainty. And unfortunately mm-hmm. for him, as a few people have described, got his uh, little body smacked <laughs> by a little bit of logic and reason. So w- w- when they set up the committee, would they have equal numbers of Liberal and Labor, Labor on the committee? Dan, no, they wouldn't. So I'm it's sort of... missing the point, mate. This is what the provision says. Yeah. The Parliament shall have the power to make laws. Parliament's responsible for the details. And that detail is in legislation that you guys pass. So um, there you go. I mean, he would know that though, right? And that's the thing. That's where he he got found out because it was, it's like, well, do you not know that you're the one who decides how many people (laughs) in it? That's more worrying, you know? (laughs) And so he had to like go, oh, okay, well, I do know that, which then exposes the other (laughs) terrible side of it, which is like, oh, so you just don't care and you're just trying to sow this doubt as to there's no detail when you're the one responsible for the detail. Why don't you come up with it and propose one? Bring your own detail to lunch. BYOD. Um, (laughs) Oh, and that could sound, that could be something very different. Well, Um, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like, uh, that sounds like the question, the, the text that gets sent after you up. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, anyways, Matt and Alex are with you for a massive Wednesday. Oh, oh, my goodness. That's it. There will be questions, there will be answers, and there will be fun here on All Day Breakfast today. Um, uh, we got a bit of a follow-up from yesterday. We are not perfect here at All Day Breakfast. Matt no. No, look, I mean, you know, it's, it's very easy for us to sit here and talk about politicians that are doing it wrong, but we mm. have made some errors ourselves. We are willing to correct our ways and do something that very seldom any politician does do. So uh, let's jump right into it, Hayes. This is Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hope you're having a good one. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, last year, Matt O'Kine, I got about 16, 17 hours notice. This year, it was about uh, four, four hours notice. But you've forgotten an anniversary present, a Christmas present, a birthday present, what? No, no, none of that. None of that. Although it was for something that I love. Um, the Collingwood Football Club, uh, the text came through, can you DJ the Mad Monday? Um, Darce Slaymore yes. sent the text <laughs> and said, oi, the boys are on today, 1pm, can you come by with your oh. USBs and drop that fire? Oh, my God. So, I mean, th- this is a peek behind the window of the Mad Mondays because usually you don't get to, you know, you don't you don't see much of it unless it ends up in the newspaper, which, you know, it often does. Occasionally it does. Um, but um, I, I said, of course, man, of course, count me in. Always there for the boys. Got to watch them over the weekend. They gave me so much joy. The least I can do is to, to you know, punch out the um, absolute rancid stank for them in the afternoon. Um Last year, it was on a Wednesday. They were coming back from Sydney. They'd lost a prelim. 
vibes were pretty, you know, pretty subdued as a result. But, you know, with a bit of music and a bit of time got up. This time around, that was a bit subdued. I think that's because they'd been partying for like oh two days God. straight. They must have been <laughs> filthy. Absolutely rotten. Well, there were some funny, uh, funny costumes. But yeah, very tired gentlemen there. Um, problem is when I got there, the decks that the pub had organized didn't have USB slots. So I had to walk home, get my own decks and then oh, walk, no. come back. <laughs> so Uber what, back. for like an hour, they're like, bro, where's this fire you're talking about? Yeah. There's not even kindling. So anyway, I got on and I, I like playing, like I get the, I like take the commentary from online and I play that. I played the, um, steel side bottoms goal, which sort of sealed the match. Ended up being the winning goal over the start of. I remember last year he really liked um, Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. And so mm. I started, it's got this big sort of atmospheric intro. So I played that with the commentary going, Side Bottom! <laughs> and then the Dire Straits kicked in. And so, yeah, it was good good fun there. Do they do they dress up in the costumes of Mad Monday? Yeah, they did. So Darcy was in a um, like an orc costume with like elf ears kind of thing, like an elf, elven warrior mm. sort of thing. Um, Isaac Quainor, whose jumper I've got, number three, dressed up as Lewis Hamilton, had like a full like F1 <laughs> Patronus black like suit Damn, on, which is that incredible. Been, that would have been hot. But um, the only problem, like ideally, this is like, you know, as it was last year, probably one of the greatest days of my life. Problem is, I'd already had something booked in for the Monday night. Mm. And that was hosting the book launch of previous guest and good friend of the show, Hannah Ferguson, her book, Bike Bat, Bite Back, who we talked about last week, was on Monday night. I was hosting, so I had to go straight from an AFL footy mad Monday and the de- debauchery therein to a political book chat about Australian, <laughs> the media landscape, feminism, and, <laughs> you know. Um, Were there any orcs in the crowd? Not a single person. <laughs> had bothered to dress up like the Peaky Blinders at all in that library that I went to. But it was just this weird transition where my mind had to just completely flip from what I, where I was and what I was doing. Get a man that can do both. You know, that's what, that's what that saying applies to. You know, you want the party animal mm. and the political animal. Yeah. You want the rat with the dog. You know, you want the two animals combined <laughs> into the perfect beast for any occasion. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to have to quickly put that on my LinkedIn. Hang on. <laughs> um, so, Alex Dyson, you wanted to ask um, well, have you, you, have you listener. done that? Like, I was trying to think of when's Matt O'Kine had the, the wildest day of all time, and I think I know yours. I'm pretty sure I know it. Oh, when? What was that? Remember when we did five raves in five days around Australia, and we yes, literally had to go anti-clockwise around Australia because you had booked in a corporate hosting event in Canberra on Friday. <laughs> so in order for make to make this entire tour happen, we had to go <laughs> Perth Monday, Adelaide Tuesday, Wednesday Melbourne, Thursday Sydney, and Friday Brisbane. So we recorded a live breakfast radio <laughs> show from the Triple J Studios in Sydney on Friday morning. You finished at 9 a.m. In Sydney. You got to Canberra and hosted a lunchtime gig. What was it for? It was a government lunchtime event. <laughs> it was like full suit. Like everyone, like, <laughs> I mean, we talk about how how tired the Collingwood players were. I would have been absolutely yeah. stinking by the time I got there after four days of Raven. Collingwood players was after two days. This was four days. after, And Beach Road was the Thursday night. That was the sweatiest oh, that was night the of my life. that was the filthiest rave of them all. You got up at... 
five on air at six. Canberra by midday, then flew to Brisbane and raved once more <laughs> on the stage at Oh Hello in Brisbane. With the ballpark music and Amy Shark and all those guys, my dad and that were there. But also then afterwards, you know, I, I think I look back on it and I had some kind of like episode in the hotel room after that rave. Like I was shaking. I mm. couldn't really move. I was lying on the bed going, I don't know what's going on. I think I've, oh. I think I've hit a wall here. Yeah, you, we, and now that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it was shattering. But we did ask you, when have you lived two lives in one day? Thank you very much for your messages. Alex. Jess says, uh, by day, I make decisions on an $8 million budget. And by night, I ask my daughter if she did poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be able to pivot, Jess. Well done there. Keisha said, 12-kilometer run in the morning and a five-hour rave at night. I did so many steps. Oh, I tell you what, my dad, Ian Dyson, would be very impressed if you showed the pedometer after something like that, Keisha. <laughs> that is big. And uh, Christian said, uh, smoking the devil's lettuce in a friend's basement before going to church. <laughs> the fact it is the devil's lettuce and you're in a basement. Uh, Christian, absolutely fanging for some of that body of Christ. <laughs> Just... Can I have seconds, please? <laughs> There's some dip. <laughs> some, some dip for these wafers. <laughs> well, we should probably start our next break, Alex Dyson, with a um something that our politicians have never really been good at. Mm. Is it just just the humble the humble apology, the admission? Of error. I, sh- I think that shows a lot of strength and bravery and maturity to be able to come out and say um, we were wrong. I don't know mm. if we were wrong, but we certainly undersold a <laughs> <laughs> something that happened yesterday. It's... You should not be because... It's, no, I shouldn't be laughing. The but story it's, it's we're just... updating <laughs> is the water slide so-called wedgie that happened on the Humunga Kawabunga ride. At one of the Disney theme parks in Orlando, Florida. Because we talked wedgies. We talked about, you know, little bullies at school, that kind of thing. We've now got an actual <laughs> list of what happened to this poor, poor woman. Can I just and clarify? I feel, I personally, even though you brought this story, you're like, haha, wedgie. I brought this, I saw this, I'm like, oh no, this is bad. Yeah, we have grossly misunderestimated what's going on. No, you're right. It was there. It's the, it's the media's fault. It's the MSM's fault. Well, don't pass the buck, mate. We've, we've got a responsibility to look into what's happening <laughs> because we've made this same mistake before the world. Remember the lady who sued McDonald's because her coffee was too hot? Oh, uh, yeah. There was even a Seinfeld episode, of, you know, based on it. It was like, oh, how funny. Someone's suing someone because the coffee was too hot. Ha ha, coffee is hot. Suddenly, see the actual injuries this poor person had. Like a... Full skin grafts, like awful yeah. melting of, you know, bodies. Yeah. And you look at it and go, yes, she should be compensated for that. <laughs> yeah. That is far too hot. And likewise, uh, the the um, the person who is suing as a result of serious injury via the uh, water slide, the Typhoon Lagoon water park um, at Walt Disney World in Orlando. Um, I mean, when you, when you dive deep into the actual details... Mm. It's, it's, it's awful. All right. Squirmy warning. This this isn't good. This is injuries that this lady in this so-called wedgie copped. All right. Have a listen to this. 
Severe and permanent bodily injury, including severe vaginal lacerations, a full thickness laceration causing Platon's bowel to protrude through her do- abdominal wall. Oh my God. And damage to her internal organs. <laughs> well, okay, I'm not laughing about the injuries. What I'm laughing at is the tenacity. I think we the went t- with sledgy the wedge. We take the ledgy, ledgy, wedgy, sledgy. No, pledgy, sorry. I'm sledging the wedge, but I pledge not to wedge. I mean, to whoever called this a wedgie, mm. it's uh, how? How do you mistake that? That is awful. It's like, you know, saying what happened to Jesus was a splinter. You know, just copped a, <laughs> copped a little splinter in the hand. <laughs> no. No. This it's is awful. Exactly. But you're saying that the, the lawyers do this, aren't you? Well, the, the rumours, I don't know the rumours, but rumours are like, well, if you're accused, you know, this is speaking generally, if one is accused of something pretty egregious, you would potentially try to minimise it mm. um, in order to make it seem not as bad as, as what happened. Yeah, well, I mean, it did happen with the McDonald's coffee, the too hot lawsuit from 1992. One was 79 years old. Um Grandson drove over to McDonald's, was in the parked car when the coffee spilled. I was actually reading a new article mm. just recently that was saying that admissions into hospitals at the moment are up, like are spiking because of school holidays and because people are suffering similar burns from noodles. Right. So school holidays are on. Kids yeah. are having snacks. They don't really know their way around a kettle. Suddenly... Little meagre end burn. Mm-hmm. Goodness me. I mean, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in partial to some hot nudes, but um, <laughs> not appropriate. That's not appropriate, is it? No, it's serious but business. If yeah, if, if it was talking about anything other than school holidays, maybe and you'd burning go with... children. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. fair enough. That was inappropriate. Okay, well, look, we started with an apology. Let's end with an apology. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, Sorry, this is serious referring though. to children going to hospital <laughs> as they had a tr- had a problem with hot nudes. Okay, okay. So yes, I I, I I misread the room on this one, but I also do have a four year old. I do want to let anyone know, you know, that that this is ge- this is genuinely serious stuff. Five children mm. have been referred to the children's hospital Westmead last week. Um, another five were treated for the same mishap earlier in September. This is just one hospital. Um, the, the hospital said the most common injuries are burns to the thighs or genital area because then you're sitting there with the, the noodles on their laps Ugh. on the couch, okay? Um, or they are pulling the kettle down that has just been boiled mm. on the stove to prepare it. Or the noodles are sitting there. They're trying to get it off the bench, and then it falls on top of them. So please, please, please be careful, as you would with any hot kettles, Hot saucepan, hot sauces. Mm. And please be careful with your phrasing surrounding grievous bodily injuries. Yes. Because it would get you and your podcast co-host into trouble. And let's just say we don't have the lawyers that Disney does. (laughs) I smell toast. Well, Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly both did a very famous version of a song where they said, take me out to the ball game, Alex Dyson. (laughs) 
but it was not. You better, meant you better sing to... it. How's the Matt O'Kynes version go? I, in my head, I keep thinking it's "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Is it that though? I don't think, I think that's so. it. Yeah, that's is the that, one I'm is that thinking it? of. Um, well, it wasn't to be for a uh, person in the U.S. of A. Um, Joy Henny uh, and his emotional support alligator Wally were not able to whoa, go whoa, out whoa, to the whoa, ball whoa, game. Whoa, 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 back up. Mm? Did I? Did you just say what I think you said? Yeah, I said Joy Henny and his emotional support alligator Wally. I didn't realize you could get an emotional support alligator. I got to be honest. Yeah, look, I'm, I have to be honest as well. Um, when I heard this story, I thought he's taking the piss. Mm. Taking the urine. (laughs) I mean, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't think that, you know? Well, you're allowed to say what the first thing that popped your head is. Well, immediately I was like, oh, please, (laughs) you know, that's really... (laughs) That's really, that is the first thing that thought of, mm. that popped to my head. And I understand that that might, you know, that probably is a little bit ableist, would it be? Well, who's to know? But, you know, because, because we were talking about, we were talking about emotional support animals just recently um, with some friends. One of them had seen, um, had gone to LA mm-hmm. from Sydney and had the, the girl next to him um, have a little chihuahua. Emotional support chihuahua. Yeah, on in her like sort of lap and bag. But then he said that a, a veteran, a war veteran came on the flight on the way home and he had a German shepherd with him. Mm. The on whole, the plane. The, the, yeah, like a you know, big German shepherd tough sitting between just, his legs. It's tough to have on your lap. I know, right? I mean, mm. I don't want to share my seat with anyone, let alone a big old German shepherd. Mm. But, um, but obviously, you know, you need, you need to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So this is the first I've heard of an emotional support alligator. Did you investigate well, whether this to... was a medically approved gator or whether it was, you know, trying to bend the rules? Well, Joy, Joy Henny had, this is, this is what it says, Joy Henny had Wally licensed as an emotional support animal after he gave him comfort during radiation treatments for his cancer. Mm. So I didn't even realize that you needed to, I thought you could kind of just say, nah, like this is my animal. So why was, why was there an unlicensed gator next to a cancer patient? (laughs) Well, okay. So the relationship (laughs) seems funny. So look, let let me get to it. So Joy, Joy, I'm saying Joy because it's J-O-I-E. So I'm assuming it's Joy. Joy Henney and his emotional support alligator. They tried to enter the Philadelphia Philly Citizens Bank Park. On the day of a home game against the Pittsburgh Pirates to meet the team, they were invited to the stadium so that Wally, as in the alligator, could meet the Phillies and their partners ahead of the home game. Um, oh, so they were like, specifically invited because it was a gator. He wasn't just there to watch some, bas- some baseball with his gator. No. So unfortunately, the pair arrived late, weren't able to hang out with the players pregame. Henny assumed it would still be fine for him and Wally to attend the game, as he and Wally have gone to watch baseball together before. But <clears throat> they've denied entry to the stadium. Well, um, I, I've got a feeling. Yeah. I've got a feeling, Matt, because it says here, um, Wally's been quite different from any other alligator I've dealt with for 30 years. He doesn't show any anger. He doesn't show aggression. He hasn't since the day he was caught. Could never understand why. He's just lovable. He sleeps with me, steals my pillow, steals my blankets. He's just awesome. Um, you know, it says it's quite good. I reckon he could have got into any, any game except for the one they were trying to get into. Because as you why mentioned, I picked up a detail here. 
you said the Philadelphia Phillies were playing against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. Now, if the Pirates I know have the same fear of alligators that their leader, Captain Hook, does, because it's the one that stole his hand. Right. And makes that sound because he's got the watch in him. And that's why he wasn't denied. The bloody pirates were terrified. They couldn't take to the field with an alligator in the stands like that. Oh, well, I mean, people are saying that this is actually very similar to the curse of the billy goat. Have you heard about that? I think I certainly have. I love it. Love a good sporting curse. <laughs> I'm mad for him. <laughs> curse of the billy goat, yeah. From It was a 108-year World Series drought placed on the Chicago Cubs. After um, the owner of Chicago's Billy Goat Tavern was asked to leave the ballpark because he'd brought his pet goat Murphy to the game. Said, denied it. They lost. Never won another game since for 108 years. The curse of the Billy Goat. What about this? When the goat's owner, William Billy Cianus, asked why the animal had to leave, the Cubs owner, PK Wrigley, told him, because the goat stinks. Um, and then the Cubs ain't going to win no more. An angry Sianas vowed. And that was the start of it. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at this. They lost the series. And then the, um, the owner of the goat said, sent a short, uh, telegram to Wrigley saying, who stinks now? <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear. Well, all, all, all goats and alligators are welcome to this podcast, stinky or not. Could you just imagine what it would be like if you're at a baseball game and someone tried to deny the goat goat from getting in? <laughs> you know it takes me a while to drop in. <laughs> oh, all you need to say is, I'm the goat goat. It's easy. Yeah, I'm the goat goat. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Who stinks now, man? Thank you very much for listening to us today. Really appreciate you hanging out once again. If you'd like to get in touch, hit us on the DMs, matt.and.alex, or, of course, mattandalex.com.au. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.